Hello and welcome back to series two of the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who's passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental well-being. Each episode I interview a different knitter about why they knit and how it benefits their mental health. This week on the podcast I'm joined by Nazreen Imrit, also known as So Crafty Naz on Instagram. Nazreen is quite a new knitter but an experienced crocheter and sewer and multi-crafter. So hi Nazreen, welcome to the podcast. Hi Mia, thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. You're um, very welcome, I'm delighted to have you. So you are a multi-crafter <laughs> yes. and a relatively new knitter, is that right? Yes, that's right. So um, my crafting journey probably started around when I was about 11, 12, so mm-hmm. starting secondary school and doing textiles, which was known as home economics at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had to make these aprons um, for the next module, which was going to be cookery. So we had to start okay. embroidering, we had to embroider something on the little pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's how I discovered thread and then started to do a hand embroidery. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then I think my dad noticed, was like, oh, what's this? And I said, oh, we have to embroider this thing. And then he, um, so my mum passed away when I was really little, when I was five, and she enjoyed crochet. So she made mostly doilies. Um, I think she made a couple of shawls and things. So my father kept all those things for when we were, my, myself and my sister would be a bit older. Mm-hmm. We might be interested. So that's how I discovered yarn okay. and crochet. And at the time, obviously there was her the, the books that she had and I just picked up whatever crochet hook she had, which were really small ones because she was making more doilies and really mm. fine. So was she things. using like thread more than? Yeah. So yarn. she, she, she wow. actually had kind of like, she had some fingering kind of yarn as well. Um, and then I just picked it up and I thought, mm, let's just try this. And I remember the first things I made were ended up being tiny beanies for my Barbie dolls. Okay. Wow. <laughs> because I didn't know how to increase so I just kept going in the round so it became a little bowl so I was mm-hmm. like well that could be a good good little hat for my dolls so that's how I started to crochet yeah made little but anything that would work out for the bowl because that's all I could do yeah little kids are so great yeah. at finding a use for something they've made something and they're going to turn it into a thing I found that in my Absolutely. knitting groups as well they yeah. were really good at seeing the potential in something yeah they an unusual are. shape they, I mean yeah absolutely and um yeah so that's how I started to crochet then dabbled in lots of little things mostly cross stitch and embroidery mm-hmm. and then when I started having my children I started to crochet again and um, do, do blankets and hats and and things but um probably took it a bit more seriously um in the last few years as the kids grew up a little but um yeah I've just always wanted to keep trying new crafts and keep trying new things mm-hmm. so um cross stitch was was a was a favorite for a while but obviously it works quite slow um so then I discovered kind of quicker crafts if you like things like block printing and um, screen printing that was a, that was a fad for a little while and um so they're really transforming tote bags and things like that mm-hmm. um and then as I had children they wanted to get involved so I was trying to find they were like come on I'm going to come into your craft room what can I do and I'm like oh what can you do <laughs> don't touch anything <laughs> 
So, um, so that's been quite interesting because it's helped me understand um, craft on many levels um, in terms of doing it for myself and how do I connect with my children with it. Mm. Um, so then obviously my next challenge was to learn to knit. And for me, it was just seeing jumpers like yours constantly okay. on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, I want to make this, I want to make this. Mm. And Although with crochet, you can kind of get a little bit closer. You can't get that same effect that you get with knitting. Yeah, it's a different kind of it's texture, I suppose, of the fabric, different isn't texture. it? Mm. So that was my main inspiration to learn to knit. Mm-hmm. And then I somehow, in one of those um, competitions they have on Instagram giveaways, I won some circular needles. I was like, oh, I must start using them. And so I kind of fell in and out of love with it initially because I could do so many other things quicker okay so I could crochet quicker I could sew quicker but when I did start it I actually found it quite addictive because it was it was the the use of the both hands which initially was challenging so I kept dropping the left needle quite a lot because you're used to just having one one. implement yeah yeah and I'm like oh no 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 to save the stitches pick it up nobody and I guess just one stitch usually with crochet as well that's it you work stitch by stitch and you can stop your work you can lose your crochet needle would matter but with needles, I always lose my crochet hook (laughs) just in the sofa whenever we take the sofa cushions off there's always a crochet hook in there yeah likewise so um so I think that that initially was felt a bit new to me like oh I can't just whip this up really quickly. I have to really um, sit down and concentrate. But once I kind of accepted it as a different craft, not because I'm a crocheter, I can just knit. Mm. Um, I actually enjoyed it. So I would do it more to relax rather than to produce something. Mm. So I started, I made a phone sock. Okay. That's my phone project, which I think I have somewhere um, with some scrap yarn. So I made a phone sock and I even tried some color work on it. Oh, great it's a variegated yarn but I tried some color work with the yellow yeah yeah um because I was like no no no, that's where I'm going I want to do color work mm-hmm. so um and I actually really enjoyed it um but then again with lots of whips going on we thought okay yeah I will pick that up at some point when I've got time mm. um but then my mother-in-law came to stay with us for a bit spend some time with us and then she was like oh I've always wanted to learn to knit and I was like okay let's do it and um, we both sat down in front of the laptop, YouTube on, and um, yeah, she took she took to it really quickly. She even she made a mini thing, and just garter stitch that ended up being like a little neck wrap that you could wear if you're cold around the house. And she really loved it. So I picked up knitting again just to mm-hmm. do it together with her. Um, and um, thought I was going to make myself a top. So that's still ongoing. I pick it up, put it down, depending on on. Um, whether I just need something just to relax and not to follow any pattern because it's just just it's just going to be a rectangle really okay yeah and then I'm going to work with it but um yeah it's it's a slow start but I'm learning to see it as very different from my other crafts that I do mm. like I'm seeing it more like in like cross stitch that I'm not I know there's going to be an end but I enjoy just the bits that I'm doing at that time mm. um but yeah I I I did, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too sure about it to start with, but mm. I think um it's growing on me quite quite nicely. It sounds like there's so much I want to ask you about what you've already said. I think um so one of the things I wondered was whether it was almost a bit 
you've had a slightly different journey to many people because you've got quite good in other similar crafts that are yeah. similar but a bit different and I wonder whether that just made you like most new knitters wouldn't even think about a colorwork sweater probably um whereas I wonder whether you kind of felt like you had this springboard and you almost had higher expectations of knitting to start with because you were already were really good at crochet for example and that maybe that was a tricky <laughs> experience think, yeah no I think I think you're right because I started doing color work in crochet so there's the stitch that actually, um, resembles knitting a bit yeah. which is um the center stitch so I started doing some color work in crochet and I really really enjoyed it mm. and then I was like oh well you know now now this is the next step not actually really appreciating that it is actually complete different um different skill yes and I was like yep if you can crochet you will be able to knit really quickly um and um I on Instagram obviously I know a lot of crocheters knitters and they were like you'll you'll be absolutely fine and they've been really really helpful with pointing me to the right directions what patterns to try first etc and I'm like no I'm going for a color work sweater But um, then I thought, no, maybe a hat. Let's start with a hat. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I think that that expectation was what probably set me back initially. Mm. Um, because I was like, it's yarn, it's two needles, I crochet, I should be able to do it. But um, once I kind of set that aside, I realised I actually enjoyed it so much more. Mm. Um, I accepted it as its own craft, as its own skill. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think um, even my husband can tell the difference between knitting and crochet now. I'm oh, that's good. Course. I know. He's like, oh, you're knitting. Yes, <laughs> I am. So, yeah, so I think um, it's it's something that I'm going to develop more this year, I think. Um, and, yeah, let's watch this space, see what I make. And I'm interested in the idea that you might have different, I don't know, crafts, crafts that give you different things like the idea of having some times where you might need something that feels more relaxing and it's okay for it to be slow and maybe there are other times where you feel like I need I think you used the words quick fix just before we started recording I'm interested in hearing a bit more about that like how you decide whether it's based on your mood or what else is going on in your life or yeah so I find that each week I, I need to make something mm-hmm um does it need to be finished or just spend some um, time no, making it just spend some time making it but at least it is it's tangible yeah it's a tangible progress and um so I work part-time and the rest of the time is kids um etc but then if I if I do make something or make progress on something it makes me feel like oh yeah I've I've done something for myself this week um so it feels and, like your thing for you yeah it's, mm. it's my thing for me and and sometimes with large projects it can even though yep yeah, I'm it's, I've done two three rows it doesn't feel it doesn't feel touchy because it's large and it's going to be ages before mm. it's finished so I would have um I have like little quick projects like block printing which I quite like and and often if I want to do that in an evening my boys will always come in can I try and then they will use one of their old vests and they will join in and okay. they will rock print their vests. And how old are they? Um, they're seven and four. Okay. Um, but um, they just want to spend that time. Yeah. And then they will come in. And if one comes in, the other one will come in. And um, I was like, okay, well, find some old vests and you can block print. Yeah. And they block printed a couple of vests. 
quite funny um and um so I would have I, I always have some spare tote bags or kind of like scrap fabrics that are plain so I'll block print them mm-hmm. and then either if they're tote bag that will probably be gifted at some point mm. and if it's piece of fabric then I know that I'll probably use it to make a little pouch or something and then I'll be like oh that feels finished it's um or I will actually look up a pattern and choose yarn for it and put it separately so it won't me feel like I've decided something and I've or I've made something mm-hmm. um so my quick craft tend to be things to be like with block printing or quite small um small things or I'll arrange all my scraps to decide a project that I can use all my scraps for um or sometimes I'll make things that are just squares so crochet squares mm-hmm. so if you made a square that can take about 45 minutes mm-hmm. and then you feel like okay I've, I've added, added another square to this project mm-hmm. um so uh, it would depend it would depend on the week that I've had as to whether I need my quick fix I know I won't have much time I'm gonna wait in the car for somebody to finish something so I'll just do a quick thing and I'll like, yeah I've done it I'm mm-hmm. okay now <laughs> so do you plan that quite deliberately like to sit and think what do I need right now do I need to have, have something quick that I finish or do am I could I just do like a couple of rounds on this knitted thing um I, I do think about deliberately but yeah. a lot more now um when I used to work a lot more and I would find that the day that I was off would be fairly I'd be floating about just just kind of doing the things that I need to be done and you at the end of the day you just still feel mentally tired even though you've achieved quite a lot I wasn't consciously making time for that break to think mm. how do I kind of break away from work and and everything else so now I will towards the end of my working week which is Wednesday <laughs> I will actually think okay during my lunch break, like, okay well what do I feel like this week and then I will know if I'm putting on too much okay no I don't have to finish that that can wait so mm. I would deliberately make myself okay I'll probably try and finish a border on this and actually I'm not going to pick up another new project I'll try and finish this a little bit longer mm, I'm a bit bored with this maybe we'll just put this aside so I'll I'll talk myself through it for another for 10 minutes or so mm. so then I actually do feel that when I've done it I'm like yeah actually that was all right it was it was contained it was planned I actually feel better that I achieved what I wrote down so it's all that feeling of having made a list and having achieved it as well mm. um so you're quite goal focused yeah I find that works better for me because I have a lot of whips okay (laughs) across all the crafts yeah sure so um so I can get lost into it very very I get distracted very quickly Mm -hmm. so I find that helps keep me focused Mm. interestingly Nazreen no one else has mentioned school as they're in their kind of crafting origin story <laughs> which is okay. interesting and certainly my yeah. own experience of um doing tech I'd kind of almost forgotten I'd done textiles at school yeah. because it was so off-putting <laughs> oh no teachers were so scary that I was 100% convinced I would sew through my finger on the machine <laughs> even oh, though no. I haven't done that yet yeah, okay <laughs> um similarly making pastry also filled with terror um, so that's interesting, actually. So obviously there was enough good about it that you uh, it got you hooked, actually. It was a positive experience for you. Yes, it was. And I think because obviously there wasn't anybody who really did any crafts in the family, in the media family, mm. 
um obviously I didn't know my mom mm. so I think for me it was like it was like a light bulb moment I was like mm. wow and, and then I remember um I, I grew up in Mauritius for a bit so that's where I'm from originally okay and um I remember on the way back from school and um, there was an embroidery there was one little embroidery shop um craft shop on the way home and I would save my pocket money and I would buy embroidery thread on the way home and I would buy a new color each time um and there's those those moments still kind of are quite vivid because I would remember oh my god I've got I've got so many shades of this one and and um I even made a cross stitch for my brother when I was 15 because he he traveled and he was missing home so I made him a little home sweet home and cross stitch project so the memories of that actually are quite are quite nice in the sense that yeah I'm really glad I discovered it's just through school and um, and it sounds like it also was a really nice link to your mum it was and I think we always obviously having lost her so young we always found ways to reconnect with her mm. and so she was a baker she crocheted she sewed and mm-hmm. um, so she had I still have her books from the 80s oh, and wow. um I was looking at it the other day, I was like, I should try and make something that doesn't look terribly dated. So there are some things I could probably make. And I thought, hmm, I might do that. Yeah. Um, so my dad said, okay, there you go. So my sister's got the baking side of things. So she loves baking and decorating cakes. Uh-huh. Um, and I do more of the crafting, the yeah. sewing and the crochet. So it was really, really nice to have that connection and, and actually love crafting and my dad would always say your mum used to make that and that Mm. was actually quite nice yeah um, to have that and also special that he kept some of the things she actually made and her crochet hooks yeah so I still have her her crochet hooks and some bits and bobs that she made um which a lot yeah a lot of it used to be like home decor things like little doilies and things like that so um they've they've kept it really well actually Mm. so um yeah so that that was very precious so I guess that's how my love for craft actually started which was which yeah which was really nice and I carried Mm. on with it and it's yeah it's a big part big part of my life I I would say Mm. and that must be a special thing to share with your kids as well that they can see those things that their grandma made that's it yeah I was showing showing it to my daughter the other day and um I was like oh look this is my mum's book she was like oh wow and she was she was amazing wasn't in black and white and I was like no color didn't exist (laughs) (laughs) and um and we were looking at it and um and obviously the, the patterns used to be in these little paper um kind of foldable paper fold uh, flyer type things yeah yeah when they bought the patterns and very, very brief and I was like it's really interesting to see how how it was and none of the yarn exists anymore and um really yeah it was really interesting she was like oh well, this one's cute you can make that for one of my little nieces and and things like that so it was really nice to to kind of show that um and also to kind of also pass on the love of making to them as well mm. um although they're, they're interested in different things but um yeah so I, I find it as yeah it's an integral part of home actually mm. making for us well not my husband probably but <laughs> the rest of them but I think that is I suppose part of this podcast is about thinking about how like crafting can benefit our mental well-being yeah. and that all of us I don't know I think those of us who do it a lot feel like we get lots of benefit on a kind of well-being level yeah from doing it and I think there are many ways you can interpret craft like some people do lego I had a client who was doing making kind of circuit boards doing all these things I didn't understand but the the feeling behind it I suppose was very similar to the feeling I get from 
making something from scratch from with yarn and needles or sewing a dress or something the idea of having something where the outcome doesn't really it's not high stakes nobody else cares about it you can kind of experiment or be creative and a safe place to make mistakes um and that it's kind of just for you <laughs> with no other useful purpose necessarily absolutely and I think I think it is it's, it is it is something that really and I noticed that with I think my daughter she's more into calligraphy so she okay. can sit there and will do beautiful lettering mm. and she will apply that to her art or her homework and things so that's her thing and mm-hmm. um, my middle one will cross stitch okay so he's he's actually asked me the other day and we've run out of of the the the, the size of the um, crochet the ida that he actually uses and mm. he's like can I do a cross stitch I was like I don't think we've got the size that you use we have to get some other ones so he finds that very it's a nice quiet space for him mm. and he'll cross stitch mostly has to be vehicles but it doesn't matter so he cross stitches anything that he likes and yeah. if he makes a mistake I'll say sorry we'll just cut it and start again and mm. um, so he really really likes that and I think you know they've noticed that if ever especially my middle one that if he needs some quiet time that's a nice space for him to recharge and and feel that this is something that's just his he you know and um he uses it a lot when he feels like the world's getting too much or school's getting too much and things like that Mm. so he really does enjoy that and you won't hear him he's the loudest but you would not hear him at all um and then he started sewing so he's mm-hmm. got interested in sewing a little bit. So he does keep coming to my room and say, what can we sew? And I was like, I don't have any boy fabric anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I bought some for their room, but they've used it all up. And I was like, well, I don't have anything with cars or planets mm-hmm. or dinosaurs anymore. But um, yeah, so I really love the way that they're all in their own way, kind of discovering, working with their hands a lot more and creating things themselves. Yeah, and it sounds like you really notice that having an impact on them that yes. they can't yeah. they kind of feel regulated and calm when they're doing it they do they do and I think it's it's really nice because it's it's something that they've they've done and they've made it's not just their homework or their school activities all these scripted things the things where they have a blank canvas and they can go wild they can decide what they want to make and what they yeah. want to draw and what they want to you know write and things like that so I think that's that's quite quite important, especially during lockdown when they couldn't we couldn't go very far yeah. anywhere. So that was um, it was somewhere to actually explore these avenues to think, well, how how can they express themselves and find an outlet? And I think that was really useful at the time. And I think with kids, they don't get that many choices over things, really, do they? Like they're told no. what their I don't know English homework is, and there's probably yeah. very little scope for choice. And the older they get, probably the less scope there is for choice what they write about or so it's nice for them to have a space to create something where they're the boss (laughs) yes yeah absolutely and I and I think we noticed that a lot more um over lockdown and my daughter started making little furniture out of paper so she would have the box as a cardboard and she would make a little bedroom Mm -hmm. but everything was made out of tiny cardboard or paper she'd make this little scene and mm-hmm. so that's her idea of making she she's more pen and paper yeah and my son did the cross stitch little one is just kind of dabbles into everything at the moment yeah. he's not quite sure yet but um yeah so I have noticed that it does is how you know and they will come into my room and be like oh what can I have to put in my little project so 
So I was like, okay, you can have a little bit, you can have ribbons, you can have this, you can have this. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that it has, it has a big, big space for mental well-being, mm. to promote our mental well-being um, in all actually children and, and adults. Mm. Yeah. And it's a great thing to send them out into the world with, isn't it? For the rest of their lives, really, the this kind of little hidden superpower that when they need to feel calmer, they can go and do that. Yeah. <laughs> Take themselves off. I certainly, you know, at university, I hadn't discovered knitting then. Um, but I did some cross stitch. Like I would go and yeah. secretly do it in my room when everyone else was cramming and I'd had enough of revision. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you reminded me actually, I remember having um, um so I studied in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, so I studied together. I was the same med school as Atia. Okay. We studied together at med school. So um, th- there's lots of fabric shops there. So I remember having buying this piece of fabric that was enough to cover my single bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could, it, the, the weave was as such that you could cross stitch through it. Okay. So I had it on my bed and I decided that I would just add little bits to it. So that's why I would take breaks from my revision. I would go and say, oh, I'll make a little piece on there. I don't have it anymore, I think. Um, I put a little piece on there and then I'll go back to my revision. Mm -hmm. So it was basically several years of bits of cross-stitch on it for a while. So I might might be able to locate it. I can't remember where I've left it. Have you got a photograph? That Um, sounds like an amazing keepsake, really. it, It does. And I know that it's been around for ages I haven't seen it recently we moved a few times so I Mm. need to try and find it photos is going to be for a very long time ago probably not digital even yeah that's the tricky thing isn't it pre-digital find it is pre-digital so I'm going to try and find out if I can still see it um if I can still find it somewhere but um yeah you just reminded me of that yes at uni was was so were you crafting buddies you and Atia and um, for a little while, we spent three or four weeks, I think, doing a project in Wales. So we went to Wales together. It was me, her and another friend. And I remember spending a lot of time in libraries looking at cross-stitch books and other craft books. One, we, yeah, we were, you know, so we would spend a lot of our spare time being in the library and like, oh, wow, look at these patterns and things like that. So we spent that three, I think it was three weeks, actually, three weeks in Wales together, a um, good few years ago now. But I didn't, we didn't do much crafting together at uni. Okay. Um, as such. Um, but um, I just, I reconnected with her a few years ago through mm. Instagram. Um, that's when I discovered Instagram. Um, yeah, so. And I suppose I'm interested, I've had quite a few health professionals get in touch with me um, who are knitters or crafters. And yeah, I suppose it's it. And partly maybe that's because I am, you know, a psychologist and they're more attracted to the idea of, you know, what I'm talking about. But I suppose I also wondered, was something I noticed when I did salsa dancing years ago was that there were loads of doctors there. (laughs) And I suppose I developed this theory that being a doctor is quite stressful and quite taxing on the brain. And that maybe that means you need a kind of an active way of turning off your brain from your work. Like, so the idea of dancing I suppose it's hard to think about anything else if you're trying to coordinate what your feet and your hands are doing at the same time and I wondered also about craft whether that's the appeal that it's quite an active way of switching your brain off from other things and having this I don't know escape (laughs) I don't know what your thoughts are I yeah I would agree with you because I would remember the time where 
crafting was there but not a major part of my life so if I had a hard day so probably at the beginning when I went into my first years as a doctor I would spend the day would be so tired I'd spend the day probably the afternoon I'm sorry probably the evening not afternoon probably spend the evening watching tv but Mm. I would I would that would not relax me at all Mm. it was just you you think that if you empty your brain you're filling it with something else and I think after doing that for a while, I did notice that actually I, I just felt more and more tired, which is when then picking up a craft, the fact that you're concentrating on it, reading a pattern, trying to make you actually actively emptying your mind mm. of the other things rather than just blocking it and watching a screen, which doesn't obviously doesn't do that at all. Um, so I, I do think that it has it has that effect of cleansing your mind in the way that you're concentrating on something repetitive something creative um and I do notice the difference after doing some crafts if I've had a stressful day so after finishing work catching up with everything I have to do if I shut myself in a room and decide to just crochet for a couple of hours or even so Mm -hmm. I would notice the difference when I come out I do feel mentally refreshed in a way Mm. So, I, yeah, I do. I think I, I definitely believe that it does actually healthily helps you kind of cle- cleanse rather than forget. Yeah. And at the same time, you're creating something. Mm. Um, and it, I think it does have a big part to play against um, towards preventing burnout mm. for a lot of people who feel burnt out. Um, because it is difficult to switch off mm. and possibly from the work that you do as well it's quite yeah. difficult to switch off from the things that you have to listen to you have to hear even though you've got your professional hat on you still absorb it you're still human you still absorb yeah. it and to learn to let that go I think that it is necessary I think to have a method of really switching off mm. and recharging before the next day or the next thing so yeah I'm a strong believer in that you know I'd go everywhere with my crochet <laughs> if yeah. I could even when there's no time I take it with me you never know you might get stuck in traffic yeah same so, yeah yeah definitely that's really interesting um the idea about kind of preventing burnout and I think you know burnout's an increasingly big problem isn't it I guess yeah. in the health service certainly here um and um yeah, I resonate a lot with what you say about finding a way of, I find sometimes I'm attracted to really complicated patterns because like you say, I want to absorb myself fully in something. So my brain can't be thinking about other things from my day. Um, but also the idea of having this kind of soothing, repetitive motion. And I think it almost sounded like you get something almost a bit rejuvenating from it. Like yeah. that time you spend in your craft room. I do. It's like my little haven, mm. and I'm, I'm quite lucky to have a space, and that the the children know are generally off limits. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I will actually on the days when they're at school and I'm not at work, I will actually have the door closed, and maybe listen to something, maybe not, depending on whether I want quiet, and I will just it would be like the best time in the world, just just making something, mm-hmm. um. And then over time, as I've learned to understand what crafting means to me, and I've realized actually I need it. It is part of something that I need to be who I have to be. Mm. 
at home, at work, etc., rather than just being this thing that I do because I enjoy it. Because I remember when I was cross-stitching my uh, late late teens, early 20s, and um, I used to get comments like, oh, why are you doing that? This is this is what old people do. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would say it in a laughing way and yeah. be like relatives, why are you doing that? You should be going out. And then I'm like, well, I, I really like it. I love watching the colours this white fabric just dispersed with color and I made this and they wouldn't really understand it but yeah it's it's not something that I'm glad that anyone's been able to ever take away from me even mm. from a, from that age but um do you think yeah. you understood then because I think certainly for myself I don't think I really understood that I needed it and that it was benefit beneficial to my mental well-being until really relatively recently maybe the last kind of five or so years I've really thought deliberately about what do I need right now for me um in terms of crafting and just how important it was to me um and I had certainly lots of those comments about being an old lady and those kind of things at university when I was literally the only person doing cross stitch or knitting yeah I don't know what I'd be interested to hear about the journey you've been on in terms of your understanding about how much you've needed craft so I would I would say in my early years I didn't link it to my mental health as such it was really just oh, my mum used to do it I really want to do it so I kind of grew into that um, and then I always just liked it that that was just it I just I just liked thread and I did it on and off on and off uh, through uni as well but I would say in terms of benefit to my mental health probably um, probably the last four or five years I would mm. say and that's possibly because obviously now my youngest is four so I was too busy to actually think about it Um, and then recently obviously now they're all grown up and they're not all grown up they're a bit older but there is still lots more to do Um, and I started to think about it more deliberately as they get older their needs increase and work's been more stressful with COVID times. Yeah. I think that's made me a lot more aware of it. Um, and it's gone from being a hobby to something that's more therapy. Mm. Because even when I when I discovered Instagram, that was mad because I was like, oh, look how these pattern, look how these people, look how that. So that's how I learned to sew. Is when mm. I discovered Instagram, and I self taught. And, uh, and, and when you say so, what do you mean by sewing? Is that like machine sewing or hand sewing? Or? Yeah, so I do mainly m- machine sewing at yeah. the moment. And is it clothes? Or? Yeah, so okay. I made the dress that I'm wearing at the oh, moment. Wow. So I do mostly clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I will make random things for my children. Like if they need a little bag, I'll make them pouches for things, uh, clothes for their for their little teddies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um but then Instagram initially stressed me out because I had to make everything that I saw. <laughs> um, so my craft kind of had a bit of a love-hate relationship with my craft because it wasn't be- it, it kind of tipped into being this stressful thing um, from being this relaxing thing because it was always something that I had on my list. So the lists are still there, but they don't stress me out so much. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to tip that balance that actually my craft was to relax me, not because I need to churn out three things by the end of the week. Yeah. Um, so that I so can... it sounds like your automatic thing is kind of an ambitious drive 
uh, yes. sensation of, oh, look at all these things. I could make them. <laughs> and I can hear the doctor in you there. Yeah, that, like the absolutely. ambitious person yeah. wants to go for it and that you've kind of slowly reined that in into no, this can be a bit more about process and not just about achievement. <laughs> exactly. So it was, and I think that's where knitting has really come in because obviously as I've started to be more mindful of what I'm doing, meditating, taking that time out, the knitting actually fits in really nicely with that because it's about, you enjoy the process of knitting because it's not one stitch at a time. You've got to do a few rows before you can actually see what you're doing or mm. see what's come out. Whereas with crochet, you've done a few stitches. Oh yeah, I can see. Yep, that's going to look like that for the next. But with knitting, you have to be patient with it for a bit before you can actually understand. So that's um, that's where I'm just thinking, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to start to take this on. Mm. But um, yeah, so I've had a, last couple of years as I've taken sewing and crochet and now knitting more seriously I've had to find my balance between wanting to make everything that exists um and you know having a sweater like yours which I will get to one day <laughs> yeah to actually just kind of putting it back and making sure that my my craft doesn't become like everything else that I have to do mm. so that that's been very interesting and it sounds like now, Nasreen, it's very much part of a deliberate part of your kind of almost self-care strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, for example, um, normally if I make something, I would say, OK, I'm going to follow this pattern and then I'm going to make it because I know it will only take me two days to make it. For example, a sewing pattern. Yeah. But when I sit and think about it, what I really want to do is I want to create. So I know that actually... I don't like this bit of it, but I'd like to add some applique to it. I could even add some crochet to it. If I gave myself that little bit of time to think, I would come out with something that I'd absolutely love because I took the time and I was Mm. mindful about it. So I'm learning to do that a little bit more rather than just, yeah, yeah, I made it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm finding that initially challenging, but I'm getting better at it. So I can let something sit for a while and think, actually, let me come back when I feel that you know I really love what I'm doing right now and it is it is me rather than I'm done this pattern there you go guys look Mm. I've made it so um yeah and do you Um, feel like it's more rewarding when you do it the second way the more the slower and the bit more slightly more creative absolutely yourself time to have those ideas in the first place I do so I've made a couple of pieces of clothing like that where I've used um um some one that I made a dress that I made with an old shawl so that shawl was beautiful shawl I bought from India for some reason decided to put to put it on a surface I put candles on didn't put a plate candles kind of ruined some of it so it was so beautiful I kept the part that was still okay Mm -hmm. and then I decided to incorporate it as part of a dress but obviously I had to redesign the dress slightly to make it work yeah um and it took me longer but when I look at it, I, I, I love it so much more because I was like, OK, it, it is exactly as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, so I'm learning to do that a little bit more rather than just say, yep, made this pattern, made this one, made this one. And there'd be none others in the entire world that are exactly that, the same as yours. Like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So my my um, relationship with craft has evolved through the years to somewhere where I think I want it to be. And how about your relationship with the finished objects? I don't know whether there's anything about that that still gives you kind of, I don't know, therapeutic value when you, for example, like today you're wearing a dress you made. Does that make a difference to your kind of mental health on a daily basis, do you think? 
Now it does. When I first started, I didn't like the things I made. Oh. I'm, I don't know whether I was just too self-critical. Mm. Um, always that, that perfectionist in me that, you know, it, it wasn't quite, you know, it was a bit rough around the edges. So I remember with the first few things I made, I'm like, mm, I'll buy that. I'll wear that thing that I bought instead. Okay. But now most days I will wear something that I made. And it, it just gives you that sense of warmth that nothing else tends to. Um, and I, I'm, I'm like living in this dress at the moment because it's yeah. warm. And I'm like, oh, should I buy some more fabric the same and just make a top? Because it's actually quite nice and warm. And I, 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 you know, I'll add pockets to designs that do not have pockets because we all need pockets all the yeah. time. Um, but generally, I notice myself sometimes. I'm like, oh, am I wearing anything I made today? And usually there would be one item. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't find myself buying clothes anymore much um I will look but generally if I'm browsing online I'm taking pictures of what people are wearing rather oh I could make this yeah rather than actually buying it um but yes it does it does make me feel more confident Mm. and yeah it's like a silent confidence that yeah you know I made this and I'm comfortable in this and it's me Mm. um and do people around you know like I don't know people at work or do they know about that side of you and notice if there's something you've made or think that you might have made it? Yes. Yeah, so at work, there's a few of my colleagues who do know that I make things. So every now and then they will look at me like, did you make that? <laughs> and sometimes it'd be a yes, sometimes it'd be a no, because sometimes they can't tell. No, with sewing, I think it's harder to tell, isn't it's it? Whereas with a knitted jumper, it probably looks more obviously yeah. hand-knitted, yeah. Yeah, it looks more handmade. So they, they do... Um, they do comment on it and I've made a few things for 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 a couple of people at work as well um so they do know that I make it so I was making something at work the other day we had a training afternoon over zoom and um one of my colleagues came in she was like oh did, are you making that she was like are you selling it and I was like <laughs> I haven't thought about it yet she was like well if you're not doing anything about it I'll buy it I'll buy it and, <laughs> and I was like I find that really hard I've never thought of selling things I make um so people ask me about knitted things but the hourly rate would be 0.00 pence (laughs) exactly I'm interested in that's what that's the thing that I was speaking to my husband about it and I said I wouldn't know what to sell this for because the amount of time I spent on it how do you people won't be willing to pay what it's worth right and um yeah it's um it's so yeah my 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 crafting um um bug or obsession whichever one yeah Um, yeah it's it's generally well known (laughs) so um family as well they they will always ask me what you're making Mm. Um, but yeah it's 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 part of me now I'm 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 kind of glad it's not this thing that old people make and you know I found a lot more confidence in it that actually I'm glad I did it I'm glad I discovered it Mm. when I did it help finding other similar people on Instagram as in you know people who were younger and uh I don't know certainly when I've discovered that Instagram which was long after I started to knit um I felt like oh I'm not the only person my age who's doing this and found more patterns that were more things I would be interested in wearing for example my sister kept asking me to go on Instagram and I was like uh no I don't see why I would um and then I decided to about three years ago and then i I developed a lot more as a crocheter and a sewer by that at that point because I discovered 
everything. So all the, the indie sewing designers, um, all the beginner patterns. Um, and then I started doing color work in crochet, which, which things that I hadn't ventured into before. Um, I started doing tapestry. So I designed a blanket, a couple of, of bla a blanket and a cushion mm -hmm. about three years ago. I've designed several things. I've just, I have too many, I get distracted too easily. I haven't followed through into publishing them. Okay. <laughs> so I've got about two, three other things that I've made and designed, but not written up mm. um, or released. So that might come one day. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, I've, I've, I've met designers as young as 15 on Instagram um, who are so talented, so, so talented, um, yarn dyes and stuff. And it's been such an amazing space to find other people who do what I do. Because mm. before that, it was only, I either was the only one who did what yeah. I did, um, which is fine. Everyone's like, oh, you do this. But now it's like, no, 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 no. All these people do this. There's yeah. a whole world out there. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's an absolute, I've learned so much so so much and I, I still I still keep learning mm. but I've learned so much from all the people I've I've come across online and um you help each other you you know they've tested my pattern I've had tested patterns for a lot of people so made some some nice um insta friends mm. um yeah I've made face masks for them during the pandemic okay, yeah. at the beginning so yeah it's it's been really lovely to mm. to build that community I'd love to hear about a significant project. It doesn't have to be knitting, could be crochet or any other craft. I don't know if you can think of something that stands out as being a kind of significant project for you. We have a couple. So I have one that I made. It's upstairs. It's actually it's, it's made on a canvas. It was the last one I made before I had children. Mm -hmm. And it was made with uh, scraps from a cushion cover. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a combination of, so if you imagine like a large rectangular canvas and it has fabric stuck on it with ribbon work and embroidery and paint. So then I painted in Arabic on it. So it was just a massive combination of loads oh, of different wow. crafts. Yeah. Um, and that was like the biggest thing I made for the house. Mm -hmm. um, apart from that, I'd probably say the things that I make for my children. So they all have this little teddy that's exactly the same. So my daughter had it. By the time we realized she was so attached to it, we bought a spare just in case she ever lost it. <laughs> yeah. She never lost it. Mm -hmm. So then the second one got the teddy. Mm -hmm. And then when we had a third, we were like, well, he's going to be left out. So we had to buy the third one. <laughs> yeah. So every so often I have to renew their outfits. Okay. So they have mini jackets mm -hmm. and crochet jackets. And, and I think that's the thing that's just the most loved. So they would put their jackets on in winter. In, in summer, they're hot. So they take their jackets okay. off. <laughs> so their jackets go on and off. And then after a few years, my daughter was like, you need to pick a new jacket. This is getting really tatty. So they would choose their yarn. And it's a good way to use up scraps. So, mm -hmm. and it, that will be the thing that is hugged the most mm -hmm. all the time. So I think that's probably my nicest projects that I've made is the things mm -hmm. that I've made for them. Or the blankets. I made a few blankets for them. It will always be dens. But it's that the fact that they choose those blankets to make the dens with mm. and um, and they know that I made it for them. Yeah. And then they will always proudly say, well, my mum made this. You know, yeah. no, no, that's my blanket. Or, <laughs> you know, so if other, you know, if somebody else touches them, that's my one. Go, go and make, you can touch, you can have the one that mama made for you. Mm. So they, they, you know, they really find it something quite precious. Mm. So I'll probably say those are my, 
most significant makes. Yeah. In that so sense. the family connection is the really family, yeah, the really special. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I always end with asking, what's the greatest gift that craft has given you for the rest of your life? I would say connection. Hmm. So because I guess that's how my relationship with craft started was trying to connect with my mum's memory and what she did and then obviously moving into kind of connecting with myself and then connecting with other people through the web and then finding a way a different way to connect with my children and passing Mm. that on to them so my um, middle one who loves crafting is waiting for me to make a next we make little reels about how to do easy things so easy projects so he's looking forward I told him we'll try and make another one this weekend so mm-hmm. it gives us that I get to have a one-to-one time with them with something that they enjoy so and it's always something crafty mm-hmm. so I think that that connection and that love that's mm-hmm. been passed on I think that would probably be my main takeaway mm-hmm. or my main um uh connection I'm using the word connect again to, to yeah. crafts it's it's what links me to it that's the mm. strongest thing I would say yeah that's really special and it really interesting that you said it's connection in your family but also to yourself like feeling like really you <laughs> yeah but it, yeah. it's so versatile because you can have it something that's completely your own but it can also be something that creates friendships and creates you know like the other day we were talking about health and well-being at work and I was saying to one of my colleagues um how about if we started to teach crochet and stuff she was like yes 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 Mm. not sure how we're gonna it's gonna materialize but it's Mm. something that we would like to try and do and see if people are interested to learn crafting different types of craft Mm. to kind of promote health and well-being at at, at work I think it's such Um, a lovely I mean I did it for a few wasn't deliberately for that but it was to I had a colleague who had twins and they were very special babies like long awaited and two of them and lots of people came up to me and said oh I'd like I know you knit can you help me knit a cardigan for these babies and I was thinking the last thing these poor children need is 15 half knitted holy cardigans (laughs) in the same size (laughs) Uh, and I was like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna all I'll buy yarn you can knit squares or crochet squares and I'll crochet them together to make blankets and because that's easier obviously than doing the shaping and everything for people Mm -hmm. who were some of them were rusty knitters some of them were completely new to knitting um but actually it was lovely like often on a Friday and it was just a very short amount of time like half an hour where we'd kind of go in the staff room and I could help people with various like drop stitches and things and some people did crochet some people did knitting but it really did give people a like lots of people commented on having that little space because so many people were just eating under their desks and me included and we had some different conversations about you know family stories about knitting and crochet and I got to know people in a different way who I didn't really know much about their personal life it was really like a boost to team morale I think I think I think you're absolutely right and that comes back to the whole connection thing it, you, you know the people we work with we just talk about work yeah um but to have a space which is away from that and be mm. able to to talk to them and to have a chat with them on a different 
a different level completely is is just it's too rare I think mm. it's just and just it's to just, give them that skill like you've done with your yeah. kids to give them this kind of uh therapeutic potential I suppose that they can whip out absolutely. on a bus or at home or whenever yeah. they need to absolutely yeah. and I think you know yeah I do wish that there is there are things like that that are more widely available mm. in terms of helping to promote mental well-being that is available at the moment mm. for people um and I don't know, maybe, maybe that will come on the NHS that's more available for people. Because I think there's a lot of people that I see that I think could benefit from something like that. But it's very difficult for me to say it when there is nowhere to, yes. to actually um, provide it. To provide it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you never know. There, there's... Yeah. I mean, that's one of my hopes for the yes. podcast and my kind of project in general. Um, but I think it's tricky finding the, the money and the... Resources, the... Yeah people to value it enough to to pay for it and to give staff the time to do it also Nasreen it was an absolute pleasure to hear your wonderful stories and to hear all your um insights on craft so thank you so much for coming on the podcast if people want to follow you on Instagram or find out more about your makes how would they do that so I am um on Instagram and my handle is at so crafty naz Okay. and that's where you will find me and all my makes and half makes and everything else and, um, <laughs> and is it so as in sewing s-e-w so as in, so crafty naz and az um as one word but yes that that's where you'll find my creative corner but thank you so much for having me on i've, I've really enjoyed it um this is my first podcast so i'm very honored that it's yours oh <laughs> so it's really you. lovely it's been a privilege Thank you so much for listening to the Why I Knit podcast. If you'd like to find out more about therapeutic knitting, you can follow me on Instagram at Knitting is Therapeutic or at my website, therapeuticknitting.org, where you can also sign up to my newsletter to receive my blog on the themes from series one. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review on your podcast app. This will help grow the podcast and let more people know about the therapeutic benefits of knitting. And don't forget to subscribe too. Thank you.